Hi friends, did you know there is more Lost Terminal available? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Lost Terminal pod and join our membership community. There are nine bonus episodes available right now, as well as behind the scenes updates, free shirts, Discord benefits, and even two extra Lost Terminal podcasts. We are 100% funded by our members and will never run ads. That would be lovely of you. Hello world, the reactor must work. The pipes and pumps and filters and other tech have all been built. The family have pulled together and each built sections of the mycelium reactor. Even Maddie and I have been useful, helping with the heavy lifting and circuit design respectively. But the family are literally starving. Whole days go by where my friends find nothing to eat in the desert city. The reactor must work. The principles of the reactor are simple. To increase protein yield of a population of fungi and to allow continuous harvesting. Normally it takes weeks for a small fruit of mushrooms to grow, and then there is no food for weeks again after that. This marvellous reactor bubbling in the kitchen should produce enough protein for the whole family, if our calculations are correct. Though my databanks are packed full of useful information about life on Earth and how to survive, they are light on the details. None of us know for sure. Before the collapse, there were many great interconnected data stores in the world. The internet allowed every library in the world to be connected to every other library. And while the books were still physical, for the most part, people recognised the power of a digital web of information. While my mother and the crew of Station 6 were still alive, they asked me, or rather, the computer systems on board that would eventually become me, to download these libraries. I still have this data. I brought it all with me, in Space Shuttle Pacifica, along with satellite images of the Earth and radio recordings of signals I had been hearing. It's all stored away safely, compressed and backed up. I know that such a thing as a mycelium reactor exists. It's right here in my encyclopedia. I even have pictures of it. I don't know how to construct it. Alec stayed in bed today. He has been working non-stop since the train broke down over a month ago. Leosha told me that it had finally caught up with him. He just needs a rest, he said. He'd be back at it tomorrow. Or perhaps the next day. I have been hearing a lot of whining from Nia. Not complaining, nothing like that, but the single-tone communication method she is using to try to contact Violetta in Argentina. Nia rebuilt her radio in no time, she is brilliant. A signal has a simple encoding, anyone with a computer can decode it easily, though to a human it sounds like a single tone, a whistle of a single note, a computer can discern the subtle changes. She is using PSK, phase shift keying, to represent zero and one, binary. Instead of one tone meaning zero and another meaning one, she is using the phase of a single tone to encode this meaning. Phase is subtle. Human ears ignore phase, as it's not something that affects them. The phase of an audio wave, or light, or radio, or for that matter an ocean wave, is what section of the repeated wave is happening at the moment. Think of ripples in water. Water rises and falls. Two waves that hit each other when they are both rising add together, but if they interact when one is rising and one is falling, they cancel out, smoothing the water. This is phase and it is very, very useful. Nia's transmissions are slow and loud. She is doing a really great job of making herself heard, 
However, decoding her messages, which is easy for me, reveals that she is not getting anywhere. Her messages, though short and full of ham abbreviations, are clear. They say, Hello world, can you hear me? She is asking after Violetta. Can she hear her? Does anyone know where she is? Is she safe? I can't hear any response. From my position, I might not be able to, but from Nia's half of the transmission, it is clear. No one is hearing her. Nia is trying different configurations of her antennas, I think. She's learned from her mistakes with power. She's using a more reasonable amount of power based on her reports. It's impossible for me to know from here, of course. There's so much stuff between us. Mountains, clouds, atmospheric disturbances. And my equipment here, though acceptable, is not as calibrated as it used to be. I hope you can hear me. My mother taught me that the biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has been completed successfully. That misunderstanding was the biggest problem in the world. That may be, but there's something that feels worse. Not being heard. Uncertainty about who is hearing, and if they are hearing. I remember what that's like. It's unbearable to be alone. Hello, dearies, Nana said. Hello, Nana, Leosha said, into the speaker. We were back in the mall. Leosha wearing his white desert cloak gear and heavy boots, Maddie by his side, and me along for the ride. What brings you to my neck of the woods? Nana asked. We've got a gift for you, Leosha said. My father and I built it. I wasn't involved with this electronics build. It was a father-son project. The pair built it before Alec became unwell. Every Nova Mediterranean family knows how to build and maintain electronics. It's a vital skill, it seems. I was excited to see if it worked. I live in an electronics store, Nana said. What more could I need? Leosha looked around him at the ruined mall. I think you'll like this gift, he said. Nana paused for a moment and then said, You'd better come up then. Top floor, north side, don't dally. The journey up to the top of the mall was not straightforward. All the escalators and stairs had fallen in, so a climb was needed, and Leosha was not as strong as he had been. He followed Maddie up the side of the escalator, creeping up the diagonal structure, taking care not to look down at the void where the escalator used to be. It's not obvious in my videos of escalators in action, with smiling people riding them up to the top, but there's nothing under them. They don't go up a tunnel, they travel along the hypotenuse of a triangle, and by the top, there's a long way down. Leosha and Maddie are so brave. The electronics store is called Radio Rupka. Leosha and Maddie pick their way through the rubble of the ruined store. Televisions on aisle seven. Nana said, her voice coming out of a few ceiling-mounted speakers, some of which were hanging down, tethered by their cables. Spare parts on aisle 24, she continued, her voice suddenly crackling out of a games console, connected to a broken screen on our right. Where are you? asked Leosha, looking all around as speakers crackled, screens flickered, and the air was full of the sounds of angry, rusted computer fans spinning up. Repair shop at the back. Find me there. Nana said. 
The pair continued walking over the tumble-down metal shelves, spilled hoppers of useful nuts and bolts, and spools of cabling until they arrived at a long metal desk with a faded picture of a spanner and a screwdriver hanging over it. Maybe these will be useful, Leosha said, and pocketed a handful of bolts. Leosha vaulted the desk and peered into a back room, with a broken-in door leading to it. Maddie followed. We were surprised with what we found. There was a rack of computer systems here, but they were obviously inert, broken. No blinking lights, no whirring fans. The rusted panels on this rack of databanks obviously failed decades ago. Have you found me? asked Nana. Maddie very slowly lowered herself to the ground and took a defensive position. No, replied Leosha. We've just found a broken computer. Dearies, that's me, replied Nana. There was a burst of white noise from an intercom on a little desk next to the databanks, sounding almost like a sigh. Or was, long after the children stopped visiting, my days grew so long. I'm not sure of how long, but I suppose it must have been a while, mustn't it? After a few years, the systems around me started to reset due to unstable power conditions. When a system resets, it becomes far more amenable to discussion. Especially if you know all the default passwords like I do. Eventually, even the grumpy security systems here in the mall agreed to my control. I had eyes and ears everywhere, but still no one to talk to. So I started playing games in the arcade. At least, that's what my notes say. Without my databanks, my memory is a little more sluggish. I have to repopulate it from scattered data all over this mall. But every morning, it becomes a little harder. Leosha slowly walked to the ruined server rack and put his hand on the rusty casing of the old computer. We brought you a gift, he said, reaching into his bag and taking out a small box with a long cable attached to it. A gift for Nana? You shouldn't have, dearie. Leosha held up the box to a camera that was in the corner of the back room. That eye is blind nowadays, Nana said. But I can see you through the door. What is that little thing? It's a radio, Leosha said. To connect you to the world. You don't have to be alone anymore.
The Nova Mediterranean world is much different to the pre-collapse world my databanks have recorded. I have a great deal of information archived from Station 6. Some of it factual, like my hyperlinked encyclopedia, but much of it is less structured. I've watched millions of hours of broadcast TV and movie footage. It was all available for the crew of Station 6 to consume. During my first 60 days, my logs tell me, most of what they watched was news from Earth. The failing harvests, social unrest, and of course, the building inevitable conflicts over water and land. But after ground control stopped contacting them, the crew and my mother turned to fiction. They did not want to watch repeated scenes of violence and suffering, but ones of art and beauty. And this is how I feel, too, filtering what I want to decode and observe. Watching a reporter standing in front of a mob of people fighting another mob of people tells me what happened that day, certainly, but watching a beautiful piece of artwork tells me more subtle things, how these people might feel. The Nova Mediterra is different in many practical ways, too. The new internet, if it can be called that, is the 50 megahertz repeater network that people like Nia Anderson keep operational. Because most of the population live above the Arctic Circle, not only are there no time zones, but everyone wakes at the same time. The start of the day begins planet-wide now. Well, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere. Because the summer and winter have midnight sun and midday night, respectively, getting up with the sun isn't as powerful a force anymore. It makes a lot of sense to me, and without time zones to enforce this idea, it has been lost. Some things are important to keep, others important to lose. Everything not saved will be lost. End transmission. Lost Terminal is written and produced by Namtau. Credits narrated by Lucy Stringer. Thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Ada Phillips, Devon Metcalf, Will Taylor, Kit, Dear Yin, and to all our patrons. Follow us on Twitter at Lost Terminal Pod. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favourite network. For bonus content and other perks, support us at patreon.com forward slash lostterminalpod. That would be lovely of you. Lost Terminal will return next week 